athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked into the Dopey Show on radio from the press box to press row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I am your host, Donald Ware. It's a little bit after seven here in the East, four out west. And listen, if you're if you're probably on the East Coast, probably just, you know, it's not rush hour on the east coast right maybe if you're in the central time zone it's still a little rush hour out west rush hour seems like especially if you're in la it's always rush hour right but i hope you're safe and being safe wherever you are going and of course this will be our last show prior to thanksgiving so if you're gonna have thanksgiving with family etc that are outside of your household please 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 be safe i mean i don't think that can be over emphasized listen got a lot to get to on today's program the nba draft took place on wednesday seven of the first 10 draft picks played collegiate ball but i mean if you got a couple like if you look at a guy like a james weissman played like what a handful of games for Memphis, you look at a guy uh, like a, and by the way, he goes number two to the Warriors who are going to need him more than ever. I mean, no Clay Thompson. What a blow. Clay Thompson going to be out for the 2021 season with that Achilles. You look at Patrick Williams, played his ball at Florida State, drafted number four by the Chicago Bulls. Averaged less than 10 points a game, was a six man. Like a six man for Florida State, yet in a in in a pandemic year, showed enough that he could be a number four draft pick. I guess my point is, is it time for the one year of college and moving on to be over with? You look at a guy like the number three draft choice in Lamelo Ball. No college whatsoever. I don't even think he, I think he went overseas before really finishing his playing days in high school. Okay. And he goes number three to the Charlotte Hornets. A couple of other guys um, didn't play any collegiate ball. Killian Hayes, uh, number seven pick of the Detroit Pistons. The number nine pick of the Washington Wizards, uh, Washington Wizards, that is, Denny Abdija, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name per, uh, correctly, but he goes number nine. So, uh, guy, I mean, and those are, you know, I mean, he's an international player, but guys are finding ways to get around playing college basketball. Is it time for the the one and done rule to uh, to be removed. Listen, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, I understand for all of the Kobe Bryants and the Kevin Garnetts and all of those guys that have been successful, you will have a guy like a Kwame Brown. I mean, that's not to really knock. Like, Kwame Brown, I mean, yeah, maybe as the number one overall pick, uh, maybe a bust. But in terms of, you know, I mean, he didn't he obviously didn't have a good NBA career, but he wasn't, he wasn't like, terrible like he had you know he had some games where he was decent but you have those busts so I get it you implement the one and done rule uh but I mean it may be time to sort of get rid of that because guys are going to find a way to get around that anyway I think with the D League I mean we haven't talked as much about the D League and what the D League is doing you can go to the D League and maybe even make 
Um, and, and that's a good pathway, I think, to the NBA because it's a developmental league towards the NBA. We haven't seen necessarily a whole lot of guys uh, more recently, or at least this draft class, um, that have gone that route. But guys are going international, coming back. Some guys aren't even playing. James Weissman, you know, uh, uh, again, you look at a guy like a Patrick Williams, uh, six man, and ultimately is drafted number four. Is it time to get rid of the one and done rule? So let, let me set the table in terms of guests we're going to have today here on the program because I want to talk about what may be an NCAA bubble. We've seen the NBA bubble, NHL bubble. We may be talking about an NCAA bubble, which, you know, I mean, I'm all for keeping the players as safe as we possibly can. I think that is a great uh, start, and we're talking about an NCAA bubble for the the tournament. Uh, obviously, it's going to hurt some of those cities that had hoped to generate the revenue from the NCAA. I mean, not, not, not. You know, and, and again, now we can talk about sort of a vaccine possibly coming out. When will that be issued? Will we see less cases, et cetera, et cetera? But we can get more into that. So joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, North Carolina State head men's basketball coach Kevin Keats in his fourth season is going to join us today on the program. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, Hampton head men's basketball coach Edward Buck Joyner also going to join us on the program. Also joining us today here on the program, Tennessee State head men's basketball coach Brian Penny Collins going to join us on the program. So we've got a lot to get to uh, today here on the show. Your participation here. On From the Press Box to Press Row, always warranted. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. You can hit me up on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one on my personal Instagram account, at Donald. So... The NCAA has decided to go into a sort of a bubble format for the men's tournament where the men's tournament going to take place in Indianapolis. So, for instance, we're here in Raleigh. It hurts uh, uh, the, the city in the area of Raleigh. Uh, it hurts NC State or North Carolina State, who was set to be the host school for the first and second rounds of the tournament here in Raleigh and boy, that hurts from an economic standpoint. Really, really hurts. Uh, but I'm all about player safety. I think this is a good way to go. We've already seen, um, you know, a, a few cancellations or postponements of games, and we have. And the season starts on next Wednesday. Five days between now and Wednesday. What else could happen? We've seen what has happened in college football as well. So I'm all for keeping the players safe. But we need to even get to that point in March. Let's step aside. Let's take a break. When we come back, we have Kevin Keats, the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina State on the line. He's going to join us right here on From the Press Box to Press Row, ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM Style. Hey, what happened to all the Marjorie's beef jerky? Hey, what's up, bro? It was you, wasn't it? What was? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You ate all the Marjorie's beef jerky, didn't you? Yeah, so what? That was mine. Dad just bought that for me yesterday. Don't worry, I'll just go online and buy some more. No big deal. Wait, you can just go online and buy more? Well, in that case, I'm going to buy the original orange teriyaki and sweet and spicy. But I do expect you to pay me back for all that beef jerky you ate. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. 
uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's continue here on Fox Row. We're joined by a gentleman who is in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina State. The Wolfpack has won 20 games in, or at least 20 games in his previous three seasons. The Pack going to open the season on November 25th in the Wolf Pack Challenge in Raleigh. Kevin Keats joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Keats, welcome back to the program. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for having me back. I'm wondering why it took so long. It's been four years, and you know, look, I'm, I'm a guy that when things are going great, I like to do the same thing. I'm a routine guy. In 2017, we just won the CAA. And and you and I had a great conversation, so I'm glad to welcome this conversation today. Absolutely. Uh, we are, too. I want to start here. I, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on how you all have been able to prepare uh, as you prepare, of course, for the Wolfpack Invitational on November 25th amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been tough, you know, and, and you know, I would be lying to you if I would tell you that it's easy. Um, there's been so many ups and downs. There have been so many stoppages. There have been, you know, when people just think about when you think about it, they just think about what happens on the court. You don't even think about, obviously, the adjustment that our young men have had to make from going from in-person class to, you know, basically all online. And so it's been it's been a challenge. Um, you know, we didn't have them in summer school as many weeks as we normally would. You know, in my case, I've got basically six freshmen who's never played in a a game, and that's been a challenge. And so, you know, we've been doing it one day at a time. Um, you know, it's uh, hoping that our veteran guys that we do have will step up and help teach the younger guys. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, you have some veteran leadership, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. You lose a guy uh, like a C.J. Bryce. With that, 2019, of course, ended a little bit prematurely at the ACC tournament. I want to sum up, wrap up, 1920 your thoughts on last year well i i like the way we finished the season and i thought we were playing good basketball um like you want to be in march you know we just played at home on senior night against wake forest and had a great senior night was able to send those guys away the right way and then obviously in the acc tournament we played against a really good pit team and played really good basketball we were going to have the opportunity to play against duke which we split with Duke, but obviously had a great win at home against those guys, um, you know, for 22 points. And then it ended quick. And so, you know, it's it's one of those tough things that we thought that on March 11th that the ACC was going to be canceled, but we thought that we could figure this thing out and then we would have an NCAA tournament. And a few, probably a few hours later, we found out that there, were no, there was not going to be an NCAA tournament also. I want to talk about a couple of guys, and I mean, you got a good mix of some senior leadership, some guys coming back, and then some new guys. You know, if you think about the Devin Daniels and the the DJ Funderburks of the world, that senior leadership. But what about this recruiting class that you have coming in? It was a nationally ranked recruiting class. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited to have guys like Devin Daniels back and um, DJ Funderburg and Braxton Beverly. And then, you know, you, you add guys like Jericho Hellams and Manny Bates. So we've got a good core of guys who have, you know, been through the battles of the ACC. You know, they're, they're, all of those guys have been a part of, uh, you know, the winning that we've had. And then you add some of the younger guys. Um, you know, in particular, we've got two freshmen who I think are going to be really good, uh, but they both are capable of playing, you know, either guard spot. Uh, one is Cam Hayes from Greensboro, and then um, – other one is Shaquille Moore, both really talented. Uh, where I feel like they've been cheated a little bit 
it's the fact that, you know, we won't have an exhibition. We won't have a scrimmage uh, for those guys to be able to, you know, kind of get their feet wet before playing in a real game. And then, you know, I had, I got, you know, obviously three more guys in that class that, you know, are talented. Um, who Nick Farrar, who's a local kid, who's a talented kid. His basket, basketball is probably going to be down the road a little bit. Uh, we've got a center, E.B. Dewana, who has a chance to be a really good player for us. He's a physical post who can, you know, he's starting to develop a back-to-the-basket uh, game. And then Jalen Gibson is a um, 6'10", maybe 6'11 now, um, kind of a 4'5", um, who is starting to learn how to pick and pop and tremendous offensive rebound. And then I had two guys who sit out last year. One of them was Darion Sebron, who was an academic red shirt who couldn't play. And then I had a really good transfer from Nebraska who came back home, who was Thomas Allen, who's a big-time scorer. And so when you combine you combine those guys, all of those new guys with our older guys, uh, I really like my basketball team. Kevin Keats is in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina State. He joins us here on Botch to Row. And Coach Keats, you mentioned that senior leadership, Devin Daniels, DJ Funderburg. Let me ask you this. You guys were picked to finish eighth in the ACC this year. I know a lot of that is predicated upon what you did on last year, et cetera. But is that extra motivation for your team? I hope so. You know, as a coach, I've been doing this thing for a long time, and so I don't really get caught up in where they pick you at. It's For me, I look at the end results and where you can finish at. But if I'm a player, I hope so. I hope that that's motivation for those guys. Um, you know, I hope they look at the fact that we didn't get picked. And, you know, we picked eighth, and none of our guys were picked um, to be uh, preseason all-ACC. So I hope they are able to use some of that as motivation throughout the year. Yeah, for you, and let me get back to recruiting for a moment. Having been the head coach at Hargrave Military Academy for so many years, obviously you have still, I'm sure, still have a lot of those relationships with a lot of the high school coaches. Does that that help you a little bit more uh, in terms of recruiting guys to North Carolina State? Well, it's my foundation. Um, I learned so much at Hargrave. Um, I learned how to run a program. I learned how to call a timeout. I learned how to draw a play up. And at that time, I did it. And if you made a mistake, nobody cared about it um, because we were talented. I learned how to recruit and build a lot of relationships um, throughout the, the country. And that's been a good thing for us and a big positive thing. Uh, we've been able to, you know, recruit the state of North Carolina, which I feel like is um, one of the best states for high school basketball. Um, it's tremendous coaches in the state and also, um, you know, obviously AAU and high school coaches. When you look at our recruiting class this year that we just signed, uh, we've got two guys who are coming from the state who are really good basketball player, and Taquavion Smith and then Breon Pass. And then we were able to go into Florida um, and get a really, really, really good player um, who um, Ernest is going to be really good for us. He's talented, um, knows how to play. He's a 4-3, uh, more, you know, we're going to play him more as a three-man, a small forward if we can. But those relationships that I built at the Hargrave has allowed me to be able to um, grow as a coach in many different ways. And then as I moved along in my career, I would add some stuff and take some stuff away and then kind of, you know, kind of develop what you see as your system. Again, Kevin Keats, the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina State. He joins us here on the program. Again, for you, you're in your fourth season. Uh, You know, you've had some success. I mentioned three straight 20-plus win seasons, your first season making it to the NCAA tournament. You know, some wins over Duke, which is always nice. How do you feel like you're growing in now your fourth season at North Carolina State? Well, we're moving along. Um, you know, you, you talk about that first season, good good season. We came in and uh, we went to the tournament. I felt like the, the next season we should have got, we had a great net. And unfortunately, we got left out of the NCAA tournament. That team also had a bunch of wins. And um, we, won, we had won double-digit uh, ACC wins. Uh, and then this past year, you know, we could have possibly, obviously, um, without COVID, 
I felt like our team was another NCAA team. So I feel like our program has been moving in the right direction and the direction that I wanted to be in. Um, you know, when you look at year four, most coaches that go in year four, there's a, a season where they've had a really tough and struggle season. Uh, we've been consistent um, in the amount of games we've won, uh, you know, in our total schedule and also in the ACC. So hosting the Wolfpack Invitational is going to begin on November the 25th against Charleston. It's going to be at Reynolds Coliseum, which is your on-campus facility. Generally, you play in PNC Arena, which seats uh, in excess, I think, of 20,000. Reynolds Coliseum, again, the on-campus facility, it's historic. One time it it, it, it uh, could seat about 12,000. They've renovated, I think it's about 5,000 now or so. What does it mean to be able to be back uh, playing a game in Reynolds, and of course, we know COVID could affect how many people are going to be in the arena. Well, I think it's great. Um, you know, we I, I tell everybody um, that we're fortunate because we're one of a, a few college teams in the country that have two great arenas to play in. You know, when you think about Reynolds Coliseum, that's the history of NC State basketball. Uh, it's a great venue. They've done a tremendous job in the renovation. You're right; it holds around five thousand, maybe a little bit more. Um, so we're excited about having a chance to play there. But I never want to leave out the fact that we have a great arena in the P in PNC. Um, that's about 22,000. It's an unbelievable pro arena. Um, we've had a lot of success there. Uh, we've been top 25 nationally in attendance since 1999. And so that's a good thing about it. That being said, we'll play games in both venues this year. And excited that we can start the tournament, um, our own tournament, being able to play in Reynolds Coliseum. Last thought, and I mean, obviously COVID has put a pause on a lot of things, including the fact that uh, Raleigh and more specifically NC State was set to host the first and second round of the NCAA tournament this year. Everything is going to be in Indianapolis now, at least as scheduled uh, bubble style. Y your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think we have to do whatever we can to provide a safe environment for our players to be able to play. If it's not a safe environment, then they obviously they shouldn't be basketball or any type of sport. And I think the biggest challenge for every university and also when it comes to the NCAA is trying to figure out how to make the best tournament or the best regular season that we can have. Um, there are going to be challenges when you look at the NCAA in order to qualify for the NCAA you have to play at least 13 games. Um, they've already said that, you know, everybody will get a season back no matter how many games you play in. I think everybody understands that there are going to be ups and downs this year as we fight COVID. Um, and there's going to be times where, you know, you may miss five, six, seven games. Could be as many as ten. Uh, it just depends on what the situation is. What we're asking our guys to do is try to be safe. Try to wash your hands. Try to be respectful of others. Wear your mask. Try to social distance. Start, try not to be in large groups. And we want to do our part to, to make sure we help defeat COVID. In his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina State is Kevin Keats. The Wolfpack going to open the season on November 25th in the Wolfpack Invitational at home in Raleigh at Reynolds Coliseum. As Kevin Keats joins us here on Box to Row, Coach Keats, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Wolfpack this season. Well, thanks, thanks for having me on. Let's not let's me and you. It's our fault now. Let's not wait another three years. We <laughs> got to make this an annual thing. So it's up to us. That's up to both of us to make that happen. You're absolutely right, Coach Keats. And sorry we couldn't get this thing done in person, but we want to be safe. Kevin Keats, head men's basketball coach at. North Carolina State joining us here on the program. We had him on the program, as a matter of fact, going back three years ago when he was the head coach at UNC Wilmington. Wilmington had just won the conference, and there was talk about Kevin Keats being the next head men's basketball coach at North Carolina State. Asked him about it. Of course, he didn't want to say, and then uh, Wilmington loses. Ultimately, he becomes the head coach. Again, has had some success. Three 20-win seasons First season, okay, he's beaten Duke a couple of times. First season, again, you're talking about going to the NCAA tournament, and they're looking to take it 
the next step for this upcoming season. Up next here on the program, by the way, you're locked into From the Press Box to Press Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Up next here on the program, we're going to go to Hampton, Virginia and talk with Hampton head men's basketball coach Edward Buck Joyner. Doesn't matter what your sport, he talks your language. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row, it's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. We're joined by a gentleman in his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at Hampton. And, of course, the Pirates going to open the season on December 1st, taking on George Washington. Edward Buck Joyner joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Joyner, welcome back to the program. I appreciate y'all having me. How you doing? Uh, doing well, man. It's great to have you. I want to. I want to start here. How do you go about trying to replace a guy like two-time uh, box to row player of the year in Jermaine Morrow? Uh, I mean, you know what? You really don't uh, because he did so much for us. I mean, for two years, I think two years ago, his junior year, he was one of three players. Last year, he was the only player in the country if I'm not mistaken, that averaged 25 and 5 or 26 and 6, somewhere around there. Uh, so much of our production was tied up into him uh, and what he was able to do, you know, with his own gift, that now, you know, we, we're trying to find our own, our, our own identity without him. And I like the group we got, but, again, we're not trying to replace him. We're trying to figure out what these guys do well and, and use those to our strengths. Yeah, and then also a guy like a, a, guy like a Ben uh, a Ben Stanley, who was very good, also on the Boxer All America team, um, decided to uh, to to uh, transfer. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it caught us as a blow, really, because of the timing of it. You know, I think all coaches today understand that it's a transfer society now, and kids are are making uh, uh, moves that they think benefit them. But you know, uh, us us losing him, it was probably a blow more for the timing. But again, the same as Jermaine, he did a lot for us, and he came. He kind of exploded on the scene last year. I don't know that we or he thought that he was going to have the production that he did. Uh, but again, we're, we're trying to find ways to make the guys that we do have successful and get the best out of them, uh, and, and we'll figure it out. You know, we, we, we keep working. It's paint by numbers right now. Yeah, no question, man. I, last thought on this because it's. I don't know. You may have benefited, and I'm sure you have from some guys that may have transferred into the program, although I'm sure with the Division One rules, you can, you know, graduate and transfer right away. Are you, I mean, are you, we're seeing a lot of transferring. Like, are you for that? Is that is that something you're for in terms of what we're seeing with all of these different players transferring as much as they are today? Uh, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm against it. I mean, I, I think he, as a coach, then this is the way I try to look at it. As a coach, if, if the right situation called tomorrow and I thought it benefited myself and my family better than the one I'm in, I got the right to make that decision to do what I need to do. I think uh, that, that right should also be forwarded, you know, to the players also. Uh, but, you know, again, I think it's one of those situations. I don't know if every coach has said it the way I'm saying it or, or believe what I believe, but it's kind of – you're against you're with it when it benefits you. You're against it when it hurts you. So right now I'm against it, but <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've benefited far more from the, the transfer portal than I have than I than I've been hurt by it. Because again, I've had some excellent players that have transferred in uh, that weren't in good situations to 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 showcase themselves where they were, and they came to me and did some great things. And we were blessed enough to win plenty of championships. Absolutely. That's the voice of Edward Buck joining his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at Hampton. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You have us right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Your thoughts, Coach Joyner, on last uh, last year, 15 and 19. You guys were also 8 and 10 uh, in Big South play, but uh, won a couple of games in the Big South tournament. Uh, yeah, again, Nobody's happy with your record with, with, with the record when we're under 500. 
hundred. But one thing that I've learned in, in this business is that you, you got to understand what, what success is. Uh, we did feel like last year was a successful year for us. One, not just because we were able to, to get ourselves back into a championship game, but, you know, a lot of people don't realize and, and really don't, don't, they don't have to, but they didn't realize that I went through uh, uh, the, the middle of my conference play, ba- ba- play basically de- half of December, a full January, and the first half of February without Jermaine Marrow, who at that time when he got hurt, he was the number one or number two scorer in the country. Uh, I lost Greg Hextall. He was my third leading scorer, but the number one rebound and probably best all-around player I got. You know, and then I lost uh, Amir Smith, who was Joe Smith, the legend that, that was number one pick played for Maryland. His son was starting center for us at that time. I actually lost him during that same period. So we ended up playing a lot of guys that we didn't expect to play, put them in some situations that they that they weren't that we that they normally wouldn't have been in. But the guys were able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, keep their eyes surprised. And at the end of the day, once we got Jermaine and Greg back, we never got Amir back. But once we got Jermaine and Greg back to add to the mix, we went on a run and we were able to be sitting in the championship game. So we 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 didn't cry over spilt milk, you know, about you know our record and all that. We were happy to at least reach, almost reach the goal that we had set in place, you know, before any of that happened. So they handled the adversity well. What, what about this year in terms of the, the personnel and, and just looking at the roster a little bit? Um, let's start with the newcomers. Who are some of the new guys that you expect to step in and, and help you right away? Uh, I mean, of course, our two transfers, they, they sure Dickens and Marquise Godwin. Uh, they're coming from ODU where they both had good careers, made NCAA tournament, and started the majority of their careers. Uh, we like um, – uh, who else do we have that is new? Oh, Najee Thomas, uh, junior college, big kid, athlete. You know, still a little raw, but, again, we love his activity and his energy that he brings uh, to the game. Uh, those are the three that we're hoping that could come contribute in some way and contribute for us early. Uh, but, again, guys like Russell Dean and, and Chris uh, Robert Shelton, uh, Saheem Anthony, some of those guys who, did, who didn't play as many minutes for us last year who are stepping into a different role. We, we expect them to play big for us also. No question. The, the competition level in the Big South, you know, de- describe it. Obviously, you're, this is going to be your third or fourth year. Uh, in the Big South from the MEAC. Talk about the competition level. A lot of competition. And in Big South, some really good basketball played in the Big South. Yeah. and, and I mean, the one, the one thing that stands out to me about the Big South is that I think it's 11 teams in it now. One through 11, they're strong. You know, you got you got a game night in, night out uh, with us leaving the MEAC. You know, we lost a lot of the natural rivalry piece, but competition from top to bottom in the Big South. You know, it's pretty good for, for a mid-major league. Um, and, 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 again, we, you know, we're going into our second year now. One thing for me as a coach, you know, there is a little bit more familiarity because the one thing I don't think a lot of people understand, when you when you leave in one conference going into the next and with coaching ch- turnover and players turnover within the league, you know, we it, it wasn't like we were playing a bunch of teams that we knew a lot. You know, it was like we were playing 32 non-conference games or 30 non-conference games. You know, but now we, I, I feel like we, we, we know a little bit more as a staff and as a unit about the conference. So, again, we finished top half. Actually, both league, both years in the league, we were, we were third, tied for third or fourth my first year, and I think we were tied for fourth our second year. And hopefully we can improve on that with a bunch of new guys. But, you know, we, we'll figure it out as we go. Edward Buck Joyner is the head men's basketball coach at Hampton. He joins us here. On the program, what are you? What are the expectations uh, for you uh, for the upcoming season? I mean, we talked a little bit about some of the the new guys, uh, but uh, gosh, I lost I lost the the Davian kid. What, what you, Davian Warren? That's who I'm thinking about. What, what, what are your expectations from him for this season? Uh, again, we're expecting Davion to make the, 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 a big jump for us. He he ended the year averaging about ten points a game for us. He's the only double digit score. Uh, returning for us, and, and, and he started the entire year. Uh, he's, he's 6'5 guard, 6'5, 6'6 guard, extremely athletic, can score at all three levels. We're, we're expecting him to not only from an offensive standpoint, but from, but from a leadership standpoint, take control of the team. Him and, of course, Edward Oliver Hampton 
uh, who started several games for us last year. Another six 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 seven combo guard forward. But he really plays four 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 positions for us. We're expecting those guys to take the jump. Uh, not just not just statistically, but from a leadership standpoint, and making sure these young men understand what they're walking into. Yeah, what uh, for you? What's what's COVID been like? Like in terms of the preparation to get your guys ready. I know the NCAA Division One starts on November twenty fifth. You guys actually start on December the first. Got George Washington. Uh, what what sort of has preparation amidst the COVID nineteen pandemic been like for Hampton? Uh, it's been slow but sure. I mean, we are uh, once we once we, our guys return back and we begin working out. We we tried to slowly do it and get them back into and start getting them back into shape. We look at things a little bit different. You know, we're out to win every game, but we also I'm also treating the non-conference to them as really not seven kind of like scrimmage games to prepare yourself to get ready. And the reason that I say that is because we don't have we don't have any scrimmages. We spent. We, every program has spent at least four to six months without seeing any of their players. You know, and then in some, some places in states, gyms and everything was shut down. So we use the time, you know, you know, we use this time since we've gotten back from COVID to try to get our guys back as strong and, 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 and as physically equipped to play as we possibly can before we, before we start the season. But then when we, when we get there, you know, we, we're not we're not making it win at all costs at this point. We want to win every game, but we want to be a team that by the time we get, if we're blessed enough to get through this without uh, any sicknesses, injuries, or things like that, when we get in the conference play in the conference tournament, we want to be the strongest and the best mentally and physically fit team that we possibly can. Couple of last thoughts, Coach Joyner. We appreciate the time. Edward Buck Joyner again is the head men's basketball coach at Hampton, who joins us here on the program. I don't know if we've talked. Maybe we have. But I don't know if we've talked with you uh, since it was announced that North Carolina A and T was coming to the Big South uh, on uh, next season. Your thoughts? I, I think it's, it's great. It's great for HBCUs. I think it's great when I say that because. You know, even though it is a change, that they're getting one of the best, so they get to see a, a different side, uh, not just Hampton, but a, a, a different window view into our university. Uh, I think it's good for them. I think it's good for us. It gives us, again, now we have a natural rival that we can walk into, and I'm pretty sure when, when we play them in whatever sport is going to be packed. Uh, but, again, I, you know, I'm excited about it. I, I think that they're excited about it. And I, and again, I think they, you know, not just in basketball, but in every sport, you know, they, they they bring a quality team and a quality university into the Big South. So just as much as I think they can benefit from a change, I think the Big South has benefited more by adding A and T. Yeah. Uh, lastly, your early thoughts again, December first, opening up at George Washington. Early thoughts on the Colonials. Uh, you know what? I haven't had a chance to see them much yet. Uh, we've been we've been spending this last month, month and a half, kind of concentrating on our guys. But uh, just knowing what I know know about Coach Kristen and the programs that he's come from, uh, it's going to be a high a, a, a high intensity, high tempo, pressing kind of game. Uh, again, in the past, that's kind of been uh, a part of our strengths too. We've averaged over 80 points a game probably the last 10 years. So hopefully we'll be able to do that again. But we know it's going to be a tough, hard-fought contest. Uh, they've got a few transfers that, that we are aware of uh, that, that, that are pretty good that should come in and help them. But, again, we better be ready for a track meet. Uh, you know what I say lastly? Actually, uh, are you benefiting from, you know, the whole HBCU wave, the movement, of course, McCure Maker uh, is at Howard now? Are, are you having guys, you know, four- or five-star guys, et cetera, kind of contacting you to – uh, you know, with with respect to interest in Hampton, yeah, we we of course we we've had plenty of them. Uh, again, I was laughing with my assistant. I said because we're probably the top number two HBCU in the country. Uh, we've had a lot of those kids who've been interested in us. And again, with us, uh, with with the exposure that we've got, one for, the, for for being in the championship game and some of the other things we we've done, we've had a lot of those kids contact us, and we're still. You know, in the in the recruitment stages with a lot of them, so you know, hopefully one will, one will fall out way and we'll be able to benefit that way also. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's it, it's been a great thing, and and, and now all, 
you know, as much, even though I play Howard and some of those other schools, I hope that's the one night some of those kids don't have great nights. <laughs> but you want them to succeed. You do want, I do want them, and we do want them to, to succeed where they are because it shows those top-notch recruits that they could come here and have just as much an impact on themselves, uh, their careers, and damn sure our university that they can have anywhere else, and they can make it. I'm sorry. I, I, I promise. Like, we can't – I can't let you go – Without asking you about the joiner the, the legacy in terms of coaching, it's a, it's a great legacy. Kind of, obviously, you're very, very much an integral part of that. Speak to that. Well, I, I, you know what, in my eyes, is, and none of us are a credit-seeking group, but truly I think in my eyes it's, it's one, of the, one of the most and best untold stories in, in college basketball. Uh, it, it, it's truly a family affair. You know, I've been blessed enough with, you know, between my father, you know, uh, rest, God rest his soul, and then my uncle who is still actively the athletic director and head coach of Johnson C. Smith, probably won close to 600 games by now. You know, but, you know, living in their shadow and being a part of that legacy and being able to watch and learn from them and, and him and being able to speak to him and my cousin, you know, on a daily basis. You know, to, 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 you know it, it's been great, and it's been nothing but a blessing. And I credit all that I am, you know, right now as a coach and as a young man to, to our coaching legacy. Again, Edward Buck Joyner in his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at Hampton. The Pirates going to open the season on the road in Washington at George Washington as Edward Buck Joyner joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Joyner, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Pirates this season. Uh, thank you. And we'll see how things work out for the Pirates this year. One team in Division I men's basketball had a big-time turnaround. Went from nine wins the previous year to 18 wins on last year. We're going to be joined by Tennessee State head men's basketball coach Brian Collins, and that's up next. Box to Road. Box to Road.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Road.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Road.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Brian Penny Collins is in his third season as the head men's basketball coach at Tennessee State. The Tigers on last year were 18 and 15, 9 and 9 in OBC play a big time turnaround as Coach Collins was named the Box to Road National Coach of the year and right now he joins us here on from the press box to pressure the tigers going to open the season at coppin state on thanksgiving coach collins welcome back to the program man always a pleasure to be here oh always glad to have you your thoughts what a turnaround for you guys last year i mean your first year you win nine games and then to go to winning 18 games uh uh it was fantastic winning a game also in the ovc tournament your thoughts on the 1920 season I was extremely proud of my guys. Um, I got to give credit to the players and the staff. Uh, we did a really good job of finding some some guys that you know understood the culture, and uh, you know they really built off the the first year of the guys that we had returning. And uh, I was just glad to see the, the the rise in attendance from fans, and it really just all fit together in the culture that we're trying to be here at Tennessee State. Yeah, I mean, what what, what can you point to? I mean, was it a personnel thing? Was it just okay you take your bumps and bruises in that first year. I mean what I mean that's a big time turnaround. I think if if it wasn't yeah. the the number one turnaround it was one of the top turnarounds in all of Division One last year. I wouldn't say it was one thing, it was a culmination of things that allowed us to make that jump. And I and I would say that the players and the and the staff were the two main reasons. Uh this body and all the way around and, and the national community, everybody put their arms around the program and and got us to where we were. You know, when you go from you know, a nine-win team to an 18-win uh, team, uh, that's just a part of the process. Yeah, no question about it. I'm sure your guys 
are ready to get on the court, taking on Coppin State in Baltimore uh, on uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, so let's talk a little personnel. I mean, you got a guy like a Carlos Marshall who returns your leading scorer. He's a guy mm-hmm. that returned. I'm sure you're expecting him to step up more. Speak to him in the role that he's going to play for your team this year. Yeah, uh, Carlos was an all-league guy for us last year. He's our returning leading scorer. He's a six-six two-guard that can play inside and out. He can really shoot the ball, great defender. And uh, for us to be the team that I expect us to be and make the jump that we're capable of making, Carlos has to be an all-league guy for us again this year. So uh, he just has to continue to make those jumps from a leadership standpoint. And uh, if he continues to make that, make that, um, make those improvements, I think he'll have a great year and uh, it'll help the Tigers uh, contend for an OVC championship. Brian Penny Collins in his third season as the head men's basketball coach at Tennessee State as he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Who are some of the other guys you're expecting to step up? Let's start with the guys from last year because you lose a couple, quite a few guys, but you're expecting yeah. to step up for you this year that played for you last year. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about uh, two of my other returners. Mark Freeman, he started point guard for us majority of the season. He was a freshman last year, so he's coming back as a sophomore. I believe if Mark continues to make the growth that he made last year, he could be one of the top um, point guards in the OVC. And then uh, Shaquem Johnson, who started every game for us last year, six seven forward, uh, extremely athletic. He led the OVC in field goal percentage last year with over 60% shooting. And going into this season, uh, we expected Ch- uh, Shaquem to take that jump as well to be a fringe double-double guy for us this year. Then some of the newcomers, let's speak to some. I know you have some transfers that are coming into the program also. Yeah, uh, we had a guy named Mason Green, he's 6'10", who set out last year, transferred, transferred to TSU, by the way, of Mercer University and Georgia Highlands Community College. And he's going to provide a much-needed presence that we need on the inside. Very excited about Mason Green. Um, we, had a, we have a transfer coming in from, by the way, named Shaquan Barrett, by the way, of Tulane University in Northwest Florida Community College who he started off his career at Tulane and, and had an unbelievable career there. And he's going to come in here, a 6'5 guard that can play multiple positions, a high IQ. He was a highly coveted recruit coming out of high school who visited uh, Michigan and Arkansas. So I think Shaquan could be a, a big-time player in the OVC. And uh, the last guy that transferred in was Josh Linder, who's a transfer from Georgia State. Um, played some real pivotal, a pivotal role for Georgia State last year. Been on the NCAA tournament team, 6'9" and a versatile player who who I think uh, could really help us in the front court as well. Again, you're tuned in to From the Press Box to Press Row, and that is the voice of Brian Penny Collins. He's the head men's basketball coach at Tennessee State. He joins us here on the program. From the limited practice, I guess, that you guys have had to this poet, uh, Coach Collins, how have you sort of seen the guys mesh? Again, you got quite a quite a few guys that are coming in, newcomers, and then some guys that didn't get as much playing time that are that you're going to be expecting a lot from uh, this year. So how are the guys starting to really mesh and come together? I think that's been the one thing that I've been just so proud of is the way our guys have been able to get to know each other. They spend a lot of time together off the court. Uh, They're a disciplined group. They want to get better. You walk into the cafeteria, you'll see them sitting together. Uh, When practice is over with, they're standing in the gym getting up extra shots. They come back to the gym later on in late at night. Uh, this gr- this group has been sponges, and they've been they've been really exciting to coach. And uh, we've actually had some individual meetings over the last couple of days. And the one thing that's constant from a lot of our our young men is that they really like each other. Brian Penny Collins, the head men's basketball coach at Tennessee State, joins us here for a couple of more moments here on the program. Can I take you back to your first season? I mean, you had a lot of credentials. You knew Nashville. Uh, you had a lot of credentials coming into the job. Um, at at Tennessee State, uh, how difficult was that first season, or, or maybe not, for you uh, winning just uh, the nine games? Again, you're trying to establish yourself and establish uh, the culture and a program. Yeah, coming in, coming into it, you know, my expectation is always to be the contemporary OVC championship. So when 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 the season gets going and your team is struggling, that can weigh on you if you're not strong enough and understand what adversity can do to a man but for me personally it was great for uh for us you know we learned who we are we learned the the, um, the conference we learned the the officiating we, we we got to know uh different different styles from the coaches in the league and so there was a lot to learn in that first year and in the midst of in the midst of learning we were able to get some wins uh we didn't get the amount of wins that i wanted 
but the, uh, the real the real win came from all the lessons that we learned. So we took all those lessons that we learned and and put all that all that energy and all that adversity and all that frustration. We put all that into recruiting and to making our team better and making our staff better as coaches. And and with all with all the work that we put in, that's why we were able to have success going into year two. And we look to replicate it in year three. Absolutely, a popular term, especially during this season, was uh, was at least blue wave. So. What is the, you know, I've asked a lot of the coaches, is what's the HB, I, I like to call it the HBCU wave because we're seeing a lot of interest from some big level guys in HBCUs. Obviously, the talk is McCure Maker uh, at Howard. Mm-hmm. What kind of interest are four or five star guys, uh, highly recruited guys, having now in Tennessee State? I know you're recruiting them, but in terms of them contacting you. Yeah, I think the, the biggest HBCU wave is that. Uh, we're a family atmosphere. That's the biggest thing we like to sell. And I, I have started to see a lot of young men, four and five stars, have more attention for HBCUs. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond elated at the education that these young men want to have to learn more about our HBCUs. And, and we, all, we, all we can do is continue to, to teach and tell them the, the great things that can come from here. And one of the things that really has stand out to me is that you can come here and be yourself. You know, I'm looking at a lot of these star athletes when social justice injustice hit and they wanted to stand up and say something, fan bases were turned against their own athletes, which I thought was crazy. You don't have to worry about that here at HBCU. Uh, once, you, once you decide to stand on your two feet, you're, not only will your coaching staff be behind you, the entire institution and the community that that school is in will be behind you. So that's something that these young men got to really look into, and the education and being having an opportunity to teach them that has been priceless. Uh, OVC play. What's what's the OVC like? You know, I mean, Belmont, you know, Murray State is really good year in and year out. Those were the top two teams in the conference on last year. I mean, you were right there, though. Like, again, to, to, to go from first to second year to make that jump was tremendous. What's OVC play like? <laughs> you know, I, I, I appreciate you saying we were right there because the year before they were beating us by 30, <laughs> and last year they beat us by 8. So we, made, we still lost, but we made some improvements against some of the top guys. But you know, just being able to come in and compete, see where you are against the guys that have been year in and year out, traditionally championship-level teams. And we're it's here at Tennessee State, we're trying to get to that level. And uh, we, we always want to test where we are. So the, the one thing about the OVC, it's a, it's a great league. You know, we had two teams in the OVC tournament, the last, in the NCAA tournament the last time we had it. And um, going into this year, we're going to throw into the frying pan right away. As soon as we come back from playing Marshall, we play Belmont December 2nd. So it's a little different year where we're going to be playing – Rain champs right away, and then we turn right back around and play them again a week later. So the league is extremely talented. It's well coached. Um, we got great fan bases, and I, I believe that the, the growth of this league could could be a league that we we religiously get two teams into the NCAA tournament. And I'm, I'm hoping that's the that's the trend that we go in. Brian Penny Collins again in his third season as the head men's basketball coach of the Tennessee State Tigers joins us here on from the press box to press for the Tigers open the road. Of the the season on the road uh, on Thanksgiving against Coppin State, Coach Collins. Appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Tigers this season. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for having me on. You got it, Coach Collins. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Kevin Keats, to Edward Buck Joiner, and to Brian Penny Collins for joining us today here on from the press box to press row for more information on the program. Log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Also, follow us on social media. Again, have a happy Thanksgiving, and please be safe. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM is presented by DW Communications.